Lord for Cindy. She has done this video for us. So give the Lord a big hand as well for Cindy. Amen. Well done. So praise the Lord. We overcome the devil by the word of our testimony. Amen. Testimony is very, very powerful. Amen. I'm sharing with you the word of God today. Prophetic destiny. Number one, divine connections. We've been talking about prophecies. We've been talking about what's prophetic. We've been talking about prophetic timing. So I continue with the leading of the Lord because definitely we're living in the time of the fulfillment of Bible prophecies. Okay. So I encourage you to listen and also if you can take notes. So what is prophetic destiny? What do we mean by prophetic destiny? So prophetic means that it's of a divine nature. That is of a divine orchestration of events. It's not something that we try to come up. It's not from our plan nor from our agenda. It comes from a divine origin and it's of a divine orchestration. So when we talk about prophetic destiny, we're talking about prophetic appointments. We're talking about prophetic appointments that are arranged because of God's assignments, because of his purpose, and because of his plan. To manifest what? To manifest his goodness in your life. So when we talk about prophetic destiny, that's what we mean. So we need to understand that over and above us, over and above us, there is a big picture. There is a big picture, which is God's omniscience. God's omniscience, because God is all knowing. He's all knowing. He knows everything beforehand. And he is aware of the consequences that will follow our choices. He's aware of all the events that will happen. He's aware of the hearts of men. He can read each and every one of our hearts and he knows our disposition. He knows our tendencies. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our strength. And of course, he knows the traps and the snares of the enemy. He knows the attacks of the tempter. And he knows where the devil can tempt you. So when we talk about prophecies, we're talking about the foretelling of events. Some translations cause it prediction. Some translations call it preordained events. We need to understand that when God chose a person, he chose a person according to the heart. You can see that when he chose David over Saul because he saw the heart of David. So every one of us, we are chosen because of God's omniscience. He knows us much more than we know ourselves. A lot of times we tend to know ourselves and we tend to know our future through our soul, i.e. through our will, through our intelligence, and through our feelings. But God knows us over and above the natural dimension. He knows what's on the deep inside, on the inside of our hearts. He knows what's our pro, what's our predisposition. He knows what our tendency is and he knows where our strength and our weakness is. We need to understand when we talk about Bible prophecies that God is not in the business of hiding things from you. Okay, please understand that God does not want to be mysterious. No, God wants to reveal things to you. Amen. He loves to have us to know his plan. He loves to have us to know his plan and his purpose. He loves to have us to walk hand in hand with him. So God's heart is to reveal, not to hide. If you read Amos chapter 3 verse 7, Amos chapter 3 verse 7, surely the Lord will do nothing. He will do nothing. But he reveals his secret unto his servants, the prophets. 
We need to understand that the book that you're holding, the Bible that you're holding, is a prophetic book. It is a revelatory book. There are more than 1,000 prophecies in the Old Testament and more than 500 prophecies in the New Testament. I remember when I got saved and I became a Christian. Because I had been a Catholic for a long time. I had been, you know, religious and godly for a long time. I'm talking about on the service. But when I got saved, my heart's desire was power. To manifest God's power. To manifest the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. To manifest the power and the goodness that he had given to the church. Each and every one of us is a church. Each and every one of us is a believer. Each and every one of us is a son and a daughter of God. And he wants to show himself strong on your behalf. The devil wants to bully you with sickness and disease, bully you with poverty, to bully you with adversity, to bully you with wars and strife. But Jesus wants to lift you up. He wants to lift you up. He wants to lift you up. Amen. The Bible tells us, reveals to us what's happening personally, corporately, and globally. Before our church went through an attack, the Lord gave me a dream. And that dream was so vivid. That dream was so clear. I put down everything in my journal. It was so clear. It came to pass. It was so very vivid. We need to understand that the Bible tells us what is happening. And the Bible is God's word to prepare us. His word is a lamb unto your feet and a light unto your path. Why? So that you won't walk in darkness. So that you won't walk in darkness. You are not in the unknown. You are in the known. The Holy Spirit will show you all things. That's why God has given us the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us what is going to happen to three groups of people. In God's eyes, there are only three groups of people. Number one, the Jews. Number two, the world. Number three, the Christians. The Jews, the world, And the Christians. These are the people groups in the sight of God. And God deals with them differently. Differently. You are a Christian. So you cannot expect God to reach you. Or to judge you like a non-Christian or a Jew. We need to know who we are. Where we are. Amen. And what we have been given. The word of God says very clearly, my people are destroyed. That means there's a destroyer. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Knowledge is the key. The word of God says that with all your getting, get understanding. And yet so many Christians are into religion. So many Christians are into just superficial living. But the word of God says with all you're getting, dig into it, dig into it. With all you're getting, get understanding. Even before you can open your, your mouth and pray, you need to know what is the root of the matter. What are the roots of the issue? So that you can curse them. You can curse them. How many of you do gardening? How many of you know that sometimes you, for whatever reason, your plant just withers and dies? And you don't know why until you look at the roots and you realize that the roots have rotten or there are parasites in the roots. So our roots, our roots are very, very important and nobody can see them. Maybe even you yourself are not aware of them, but your roots are what make the plant grows. Your roots are what make the tree bears fruit. Amen. It's so, so, so important. Jews are God's chosen ethnic group. 
They have been given the law. They have been given the covenants. They have been given the Messiah for their protection and their prosperity. Please understand that God wants you to do well. God wants you to prosper spirit and soul and body. That's why you notice wherever the Jews are all over the world globally, they are very famous for doing businesses. They are very famous for making lots of money because the anointing to prosper is upon them. As far as the world is concerned, or you call the Gentiles, the world is lost. The world is blinded by sin. Sin is very blinding. They need intercessors. They need miracles to jar their senses, to take them out of deception to the truth. God's way towards the Gentiles or towards the church is usually signs, wonders, and miracles, revivals, awakenings, shining the light, exposing what the devil is doing and judging what the devil is doing in their midst to bring them back to repentance. So what do we mean by prophetic destiny in relation to divine connections? So number one, why connections? Why connections? Well, Jesus had given us two commandments. The first commandment to do with our relationship with God. The second commandment to do with our relationship with ourselves and the people around us. Please listen to Kingdom Warriors. So the two commandments... How are we doing with God, whether we're doing well with God or not, is reflected in how we are doing with people. It's reflected in how we are doing with people. And also we are rewarded by how we are doing with people. What do I mean? How do we allow ourselves to be affected by the people around us? Do we allow ourselves to be affected by the people around us, thus losing our commitment, our devotion to God? Number one. And number two, how are we treating, affecting, and influencing the people around us? And by that, you know your strength, your power, or your weakness. If you can be easily affected by the people around you, you are weak. If you can easily spread the gossip and around the people, the people around you and influence them for bad, you are weak. So it's very, very important that we assess ourselves. It's just like you do your health check. So being self-centered introverted and withdrawn and not open, not being able to mix with people between just you and God, that's not Christ-like. And as a result of that, no power will be channeled through you and no anointing will be given to you. You're just cheating yourself. Now we talk about divine connections. We're talking about how God connects us prophetically for good. How God connects us prophetically for good. I'm giving this to you almost verbatim as the Holy Spirit gave this to me. Like Joseph, he was prophetically connected in Egypt with Potiphar and of course with Pharaoh. Esther was prophetically located in Persia. Ruth prophetically connected with Naomi. Daniel, even in, captiv in captivity, was prophetically connected with Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. The hand of God was upon them. The events around them were of perfect timing. At the right place, at the right time, with the right people. The events around them unfold God's plan against the devil's agenda. And you can see the ministry of angelic forces against the schemes and the maneuvers of demons and wicked people. 
If you look at Ecclesiastes, go with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12. We need to understand that devils are very, very real. The world calls them germs, virus, bacteria, accidents. The world calls them catastrophes, good luck. The Bible calls them demons. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12. If one prevail against him, two shall withstand. I want you to focus on this one. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And when I read the scripture, somehow it didn't sit well with me. You know, it's not quickly broken. It, it didn't sit well with me. And praise the Lord, he gave me the contemporary English version, which I believe is a more accurate translation. A rope made from three strains of cord is hard to break. That's the Holy Spirit. Hard to break. What do I mean? The third strain in any of your relationship, the third strain in any of our relationship is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is involved in all divine connections. He is the connector. He is the connection. He is the divine harmony. He is the divine element. So that's why you sense that there is a harmony. There is a common note. There is, Jesus called it, a witness in your spirit. There is a faithfulness on the inside of you that keeps the relationship strong against all demonic attacks and temptations. The third strain, it's what binds us together. What makes the relationship unbreakable, even though the enemy tries to break it so many times and so hard. It is a kindred spirit. It is a spirit of sonship. Let me give you some examples. Ruth could not leave Naomi. Though Naomi told her so many times, Elisha could not leave Elijah, even though Elijah kept telling him to leave and Elijah was being on purpose. He was being difficult, like a difficult person. But they couldn't leave. Why? Because there's a pulling on the inside. There is a knowing, there is a knowing, there is a knowing on the inside. And uh, Ruth said, wherever you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Why? Because that's where her destiny is. Ruth was promoted and blessed because she took the advice of Naomi. Elijah received his double portion because he refused to leave Elijah. The same with Esther. Her connection with Mordecai was by adoption, not even by birth. But her faithfulness and her obedience to her uncle promoted her to fulfill God's given calling and destiny. What do I mean by a divine connection? It's a connection that gives you warmth in your spirit. You are quickened by it. There is a clean, noble and godly feeling that rises up on the inside of you. The connection was not geared to satisfy your needs. It is simple, it is pure, it is true, it is holy, and it is uncomplicated. It is of God. The key is that you don't need anyone to make you feel good about yourself. You don't need anyone to make you feel important. You don't need anyone to make you feel worthy. Can we say amen? Amen. We don't need anybody for our benefits. You don't marry anybody for money. You don't marry anybody for a social status. You don't marry anybody for a house or for a car. I like what Rudy said. He said that a long time ago. I've quoted it a few times. He said, if you can't ride my bike, then you can't ride my car. <laughs> Amen. Our children, they are not there to make us feel fulfilled, successful, or important. 
Our self-worth is not attached to anyone or anything else but Jesus Christ. He is my savior. He is my redeemer. Praise the Lord. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. Free from all idols in your life. Can we say amen? God is the father of all human spirits. God is the father of your spirit. He has given you a soul and he's given you a body. Your spirit now lives in your soul whom you are to monitor. And your spirit lives in your body whom you are to use. But your spirit is of the Lord. Your spirit comes from him. Amen. Every man, every woman is his or her own master. That's the accents. God has given to each and every one of us total freedom and autonomy. None of us should be possessive and none of us should be territorial. Every one of us is ultimately accountable to God. Whether you like it or not. The human structure of accountability and responsibility in the home, in the church, is there to help us and to protect us for our own good. A rebellious spirit will eventually ruin a person. So what are soul ties? What are soul ties? This is the world's way of forming human connections. Soul ties are based on mutual benefits, physical attraction, mutual interests, concerns, a common good, a common goal, an intellectual pursuit, an emotional attachment or fulfillment. It can become a codependent or a one-way relationship. The nature of a soul tie is mixed. It is not pure. It is complicated. It's full of emotions, motives, expectations, assumptions, suspicious presumptions. Soul ties can be overwhelming and consuming. Soul ties can undermine, attack, destabilize, even take over your relationship with God, your devotion to him, and your consecration to him. Examples in the Bible, Ahab and Jezebel. That's a soul tie. Solomon and his concubines. That's what eventually brought down Solomon, even though when he was in the beginning, with God, he was so devoted, he was so committed. What am I saying? I'm not saying to cut off all your friendships. I'm not telling you to divorce and marry someone else. But we do need to redeem our human relationships. We do need to sanctify them, pray for them, confess the word of God over them. And most important of all, manifest the blood of Jesus. Life is in the blood. So what do I mean the blood of Jesus? I mean to manifest the life of Jesus in our lives. And in that way, we redeem our marriage. You must pray for your marriage. Husband and wife, you must pray for one, one another and not keep complaining and grumbling against one another. There is no perfect marriage, not even one. And it is your duty, it is your duty to pray for your spouse. Amen. It is our God-given duty to pray for one another and not to complain and grumble against one another. Amen. So we need to pray for our relationships and we need to pray for our children. We need to be godly examples to our children. We need to manifest faithfulness so your children catch that spirit of faithfulness. Amen. Amen. I'm not talking about, be very careful, I'm not talking about subjecting yourself to sexual or physical abuse. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about daily interpersonal affairs. 
I'm talking about praying for one another, adjusting to one another in the Lord. Redemption is very, very much needed in our relationships. Relationships need to be redeemed, sanctified. And redemptive forces are very real. Redemptive forces are very real. When your heart is right and your prayers are right, these forces will be relieved into your relationships. I remember yesterday, was it yesterday? Uh, yesterday, yes. Sonny and I, uh, Sonny was uh, doing the swimming pool. He was like fixing the, uh, what's that called? The, the water, the water purifier, that thing for the swimming pool. And of course, like he had been working very hard. And when we were on our way uh, to have lunch, he was coughing. And he was saying that his throat was hurting him very bad. And uh, the Lord said to me, just pray for him. Now, when I pray for him, I rebuke the devil. I said, devil, take your hand off my husband. Get out in the name of Jesus. Amen. And he was healed. He was healed. I noticed it. The coughing stopped. Not yesterday, the day before yesterday, Friday. The coughing stopped and he was completely healed. Amen. So redemptive forces are very real. Amen. And we must apply them, amen, purposefully. Understand as far as Christians are concerned, your tongue has the power of life and death. So not empty words. There are no empty words. Either your words work for the devil or your words work for God. Can we say amen? The devil manipulates for evil, but God connects for good. Say to the person next to you, the devil manipulates for evil, but God connects for good. Amen. We do need connections. Connections provide for us a context to apply the word of God and to practice the word. For the manifestations of signs and wonders and miracles. It is important for us to refuse to be rebellious, to refuse to be individualistic, withdrawn, to refuse to live an unaccountable life. It is important for us to stay open, to stay accountable, amen, to our spiritual elders, to our spiritual leaders. Can we say amen? Judge the spirit that is working in you. Judge the voices that are talking to you. Even dreams and visions, you must judge them. The Bible says in um, 1 John, judge every spirit. Spirits talk. Spirits talk to you in your mind, in your soul. You must judge them. Submit to God's structure, which is authority for our protection and for our prosperity. Can we say amen? God sent Peter to Cornelius. How do you say that? Cornelius. God sent Peter to Cornelius. God sent Ananias and Barnabas to Saul or Paul. Their lives were forever changed. Examine the people that God had sent into your life. The devil attacked Barnabas and Saul's friendship in the Lord, but failed. There are five groups of human connections in general. Five groups of human connections in general. Can I ask you, the first two people, where where were they from? The first two people. What's their name? Adam and Eve. They were handmade by God. Handmade. And if you were to look at their bodies, they have no, uh, what's it called? What's it called? Huh? Belly button. They have no belly buttons. They were handmade by God. But after the first two, everyone was born of a woman now. So no one was designed to be a loner. God created mankind, okay? And we are all part of it. So the first group of connection, connections that come from birth, connections that come from birth, parents, children, siblings. The second group, connections that come from marriage, husband 
and wife and the in-laws. Number three, connections that are formed in the Lord. That would be the church or the ministry, your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Number four, social connections, friends, workmates, acquaintances that you make. Okay, let's look at the first group, birth connections or blood connections. Now, genealogy is a priority in God, all right? You can find the genealogy of Jesus in two out of the four Gospels, in Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. The Old Testament also has genealogies. Genesis chapter 9, chapter 10, chapter 11 give us the godly and the ungodly line. Genealogy is about God. Oh, sorry. Genealogy is blood connections, blood relationships that pass from one generation to the next. Blood relationship with qualities that go on from one generation to the next. So that's why one can end up with generational blessings or generational curses. Whether you like it or not, you carry the genes, you carry the DNA of your predecessors. Goodness, weaknesses, evil that can pass on to the next generation like talents and sicknesses. And that's why Jesus said, what did he say? Verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born again. Born of a divine and spiritual origin. If you look at Psalm 127, Psalm 127 verse 3 to 5. Moses came from his godly parents. Okay. Psalm 127. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. That's the way that we should look at our children. That's the way that we should pray over our children. You know, the world is fallen and that's why the world is always behind. What do I mean by behind? The world cannot tell you anything until it's happened. But God can foretell. God can prophesy. Do you get it? And that's why the word of God says that you should be above and not beneath. The head and not the tail. So you, you need to speak it before it happens. You confess it before it happens. Don't be discouraged. Don't be misled by what's happening around you. You need to change your world so that your world aligns and conforms to the word of God. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. And then Psalm 145 verse 4. Psalm 145 verse 4. But what about, you said to me, Pastor Dora, what if I've been doing it and it doesn't work? You are lying. God's word always works. Amen. Your posterity, your children is one generation to the next. One generation to the next. Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Your confessions are working. Your prayers are working. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Glory be to God. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Amen. This is his will. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. Amen. Hallelujah. What is that called? That's called faith. What is that called? That's called let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Let the force of righteousness rise up from within you, which is greater than the force of wickedness. Amen. If you watch the news, you notice that the force of wickedness is very real. But praise God, the force of righteousness in you is more real. Amen. We're not living in the days of gloom and doom. We're living in the days that God is going to exalt his church, glorify his church. God is going to exalt his word and glorify his word. You better be in it. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. God sees generations as important. 
He honors families. His covenants are family covenants. How many of you know that is a lamb for a house? Amen. I give you some examples. God spared Solomon and did not judge him because of his father, David. God will bless your children because of you. God will bless you because of your godly parents. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the way of God and that's the will of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 to 3. Well, my parents are not that nice. No, my mother-in-law is not that nice. My father-in-law is not that nice. Your obedience to the word of God has nothing to do with whether people are nice to you or not. Only one amen. Our obedience to the word of God has nothing to do with whether people are nice to us or not. Let that sink into your spirit. It will fortify you and strengthen you. Your goodness will always triumph over evil. The force of righteousness will come up from the inside of you and manifest all over you. Because you are committed to the word of God. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this feels good. For your parents are going to give you lots of pocket money. For this is right. Honor your father and your mother, including your father and mother-in-law, which is the first commandment with promise. What is the promise? That it may be well with you and that you may live healthy. That's to live long. Live healthy. Live long on the earth. This is a prophecy. This is a promise. It will manifest itself. It will give you the results that has been promised if you activate it. Can we say amen? The second group, marriage connections. Marriage connections join two individuals together. Joining and sharing. Living a life together. Partaking of one's, one another's life. One another's finances. Sharing one another's destiny. Here's the key. Marital problems can lead to prayer failure. Marital problems can lead to captivity and attacks from devils. You must not listen to your wife just because she is your wife. Neither should you listen to your husband just because he is your husband. You must listen to the Lord and pray for one another. Can we say amen? What did we say just now? A threefold court. Your marriage must involve the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Look at this scripture, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Once again, your obedience to the Lord must not be discouraged because your spouse is not obeying God or because your spouse is difficult or hard to live with. Your obedience to God will change your marriage. Your obedience to God will change your family. Your obedience to God will change your life and bless your posterity after you. Can we say amen? Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge. You need to know the weaknesses of your spouse. You need to know their weaknesses and you need to know their strength. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Can we say amen? Amen. It's important for us to pray for one another, husband and wife. Lift up one another. Encourage one another. Strengthen one another. One more time. A threefold cord cannot be broken. Who is the third cord? 
the Holy Spirit. The third group of connection, connections in the Lord and from the Lord. Now the church, the Bible calls it the ecclesia, the chosen ones, the holy assembly. So when you are connected to the church, when you are connected to the family of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are given a spiritual covering. It is the duty of your pastor to cover you. To watch over you and protect your soul because we as pastors, we have to give an account to God. Please understand that. Okay? So you are given spiritual covering, you're given protection, and you're given support for one another. Spiritual family, we share the body and the blood of Jesus. We are bonded in the word, in the faith, and in the spirit. We are called brothers and sisters in the Lord. Can we say amen? Jesus is the head of this family, not any human being. It is more powerful, it is stronger than our biological connections. I've experienced this, okay? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5. Ephesians 4, 5. One Lord. Come on, can we have, can we say this together? One, two, three. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One more time. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. When you read your Bible, all the epistles, including a big part of the book of Revelation, are written to the church, not to the Gentiles, to the church. That shows you how important this family is, how important your connections are. And it's so, so important that we be connected together. Now, I don't know if you like, uh, let me just give you an example. Do you like geranium? flowers, a kind of flowers, or if you look at the roses here, so every flower is made up of many petals. They are interconnected. It's very hard to, to just pick one bad petal because the minute you pick one petal, the flower will die. It will wither. Connections are supposed to be strong, to be strong. Amen. Your connections are supposed to be strong. How many of you have had a broken tooth? <laughs> if you have read the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs says that to rely on an unfaithful man is like relying on a tooth that's broken. <laughs> How many of you try to eat something with a broken tooth? <laughs> it's very hard. I, I want you to know one thing. I mean, I know this so very strongly. God values, exalts, promotes faithfulness. Values, exalts, promotes faithfulness like nothing else. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. It's so high. It's so high in his list of values. Amen. Okay, the fourth group. Social connections. We're talking about dates, friends, workmates. They are in the natural and the human realm and therefore more vulnerable to demonic attacks. And the demonic attacks and maneuvers may not be upfront, may not be obvious right away to you. They can be hidden, schemed, calculated, and some would not show up until after a few years or after a while. I, I have listened to a lot of couples and they regretted over whom they had married. You know, they got married because it was a so tie and that so tie became a marriage. Once again, that can be bought back and that can be saved and that can be redeemed. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. It takes two to tangle. You can't blame anybody else. Nobody beat you into the marriage. Has anybody, anyone here that we've been beaten into a marriage? No, you marry that person. So you need to take the responsibility and you need to stand before God and pray and sanctify that marriage and redeem that marriage. Can we say amen, hallelujah, and stay faithful to the covenant? Can we say amen? Divine connections can come from birth. 
can come from a divine orchestration of events, God's assignments and appointments. So you ask me, Pastor Doris, so where is the place of the free will? Yes, the place of free will is in the prophetic. Let me explain this to you. God sent Elijah to Elijah, but Elijah had to choose to follow Elijah. God sent Ruth to Naomi and Naomi to Ruth, but it's up to Ruth to follow Naomi or not. God sent Peter when he was praying to Cornelius, but Peter could easily dismiss that voice or thought that voice was fake. So your free will, your choices, your decisions, your personal responsibility and accountability work together. And that's why, remember, we talked about how to sing with God. Remember, we talked about how to get into prophetic timing. So why would God connect us with people? Why? What for? I mean, can I be just a good Christian and just go to heaven all by myself? The answer is no. (laughs) Why? Because we are created to be social creatures. God created mankind, not one person. And also, we are very needy. We are very needy. We need one another. You need someone else and somebody else needs you. Why do we need to be connected with people? For deliverance, for salvation, for spiritual growth. How many of us that we have learned, we have grown so much because of our relationships with people? (laughs) How many of us have grown a lot just because we are married? (laughs) How many of us, we have matured a lot because we have kids? Yes. You know, no schools can teach you that. We need to grow and we need to learn. So God says, there you go. We need connections with people for the works of the ministry, of course. Joshua was a faithful follower of Moses, and he got promoted because he was faithful to Moses, serving Moses wholeheartedly. David, the practicing believer who killed a bear and a lion, praise the Lord, he became God's king, the warring king. Peter at the boat, he became broken. And he said, have mercy on me, a sinner. Paul, Paul, Ananias and Barnabas were sent to him to remove the blindness, to remove that religious spirit, open his eyes to the truth and to connect him with the church. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God will also connect you with people for your financial provision. God will also connect you with people for the calling that he has on your life, for the ministry that he has for you. So what are the people God will connect you with? God will connect you with the fivefold ministry. What are the fivefold ministry? Can you tell me? Apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and prophets. Fivefold. All right. God will connect you with them. God will connect you with people who care for you. God will connect you with intercessors who pray for you. He will connect you with kingdom workers. He will connect you with people of vision, purpose, faith, and passion. He will connect you for provision, promotion, influence. God will connect you with people for meeting your needs, granting you the desires of your heart. God sent the princess to baby Moses, to rescue him and preserve his life. God sent Moses to Aaron for ministry. God sent Samuel to David for the anointing and the calling. God sent Rebecca to Isaac to keep his prophecy regarding Jacob. God sent Ruth to Boaz so that the Gentiles would be in the lineage of Jesus. God sent Elijah to Elijah so that the double portion will be in the ministry of Jesus. God sent Ananias to Saul, Barnabas to Saul for healing, for restoration and for his calling. 
Well, you asked me a very important question. How can I offer myself to God for him to connect me? For his connections. How many of you want to know the answer? How many of you want the answer? How can I give myself to God for connections? Serve him. Serve him. Serve him. Serve him. Serve him. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, a living sacrifice to serve God and to serve people. He will connect you. He will connect you. He will give you his divine connections and prophetic timing. And your divine connections can actually move you from your natural home to another place. That's what God did to us. From Hong Kong to Bangkok, from Bangkok to Brisbane. Your divine connections will get you out of your traditions. There are many Christians. They are good Christians, but they have no power. They are so scared of COVID. So scared of sickness and disease. So scared of death. What's there to be scared about? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Which is far better. A Christian... Without power is pathetic. You can live a successful life without power. So don't go to church for social connections. What a waste of time. Church, I mean COVID now, one day a week. And you still want to spend that for social connections? You should come to church for the Lord. For divine connections. For divine impartation. We are talking about one day out of seven days. Be smart. Can we say amen? God took me out of that stupidity. Amen. Just hunger and thirst after him. Divine connections will get you out of a natural, social and intellectual mindset and lifestyle. Divine connections will build you up. Amen. To go higher in God. Deliver you from the rut. So that you won't be stuck. And you are not mediocre. Can we say amen? Divine connections will expand your, your horizon. Amen. Give you achievements. Capacity. And abilities. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Every head bow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.